friends, you've now entered the Man Cave Podcast, unplugged and unfiltered. This is a podcast where the topics are mostly about sports, but sometimes we mix in some other items, like, is Bigfoot real? Who is the best Batman? You're guided through each episode by a man who's the man for his time and place, Dan Casper. So welcome to the Man Cave, and stick around for a while. You're going to like it here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Podcast, brought to you by Hy-V and Toyson Ford. I'm Dan Casper, your host for every episode of the Man Cave Podcast. So, big thanks for checking out this episode of the pod. If you're not subscribing or following the podcast on your favorite podcasting platforms like Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, we're all over the place. Go ahead and do yourself a favor. Actually, do myself a, do me a favor and uh, go subscribing. If, you, if you're in the giving mood, go ahead and give us a five-star positive review on that. Please, please, would love that. Hey, on this episode of the podcast, we're talking a little bit about uh, have we really actually seen what the Packers' offense is? Like, uh, do, do we know what what LaFleur actually wants to do? I feel like we haven't, uh, and I'll explain that here in just a little bit. Plus, uh chatted with uh, DNR Warden Jake Bolks where he answered your questions. He was on the radio show, so we got that uh, conversation up here as well as part of this episode of the Man Cave podcast. But uh, we begin things off uh, talking a little talking a little Packers. Again, big thanks to everybody who sent in your, your analysis, comments, commentary, thoughts on the, the uh, Aaron Rodgers topic yesterday. We had a lot of them. Um, just, uh, we just got to keep it respectful of everybody's opinion on there. But, uh, you know, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole again. We don't, you know, that's going to be a talking point for everybody out there. But I will say this. There's there's one thing for me that I just, it. I don't know if I would call it intrigue or, or maybe it's something that that's on my mind here. Like, if Jordan, like, how do I want to phrase this without... There's one thing that I'm kind of wondering if Jordan Love, if he, if he were to be the starting quarterback in 2023, would we see a different, maybe a more true style of offense, maybe the typical Shanahan style of offense that LeFleur grew up under? Because, and I'll try to explain my thought process here a little bit but you know you look at the 49ers and i understand the 49ers have some great offensive skill players and that and i'm not taking away from from them christian mccaffrey you know george kittle debo samuel brandon Ayuk. They, they've got offensive skill players and brock purdy is playing well i'm not trying to diminish him at all but that's a rookie Seventh round pick, the last pick of the draft, and he's having success within that offense. It does help. He's got offensive weapons around him. Again, and, and he's playing well. I'm not trying to take anything away from him. But it also just makes me wonder, like, too, like, okay, if they're able to do that, and then, you know, I know I mentioned, like, the Giants after their win against Minnesota and such or whatever, we're, we're seeing these offenses, and I just wonder, like, if if Jordan Love, if he's the starter for 2023, 
would we see more of that Shanahan-style offense or a quarterback, I guess is what I'm saying, a quarterback playing within the offense, more playing within the scheme that is out there? Because we know that it's a mixture right now. It's a mixture of what LeFleur likes. It's a mixture of what you know the, the Shanahan offense is like, what he grew up under, what he was taught under, and it's got parts that Aaron likes. Kind of a combo. We know that. They've said that. But let's say Aaron's moving on or he's retired, whatever. And Jordan Love is the quarterback, starting quarterback for 2023. Will we see more of that, let's call it the 49ers offense? May not have the same success or may not be, you know, have this, the the talent at, at some of the positions like like the 49ers have, but it's the same concepts, it's the same scheme. That's what kind of intrigues me with the potential of Jordan Love being the starter. Maybe we'll finally see a full-on Shanahan style of offense. And and the thing that kind of I keep going back and forth on though too is like you know because we don't know if Jordan Love's going to be a successful quarterback or not we don't and and the other thing too is like we don't even know if Trey Lance is going to be a successful quarterback I'm trying to make comparisons between the two and I was thinking about this last night and I'm like okay so what kind of quarterback would actually really 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 work within that offense and you think about it you know when Lynch and Shanahan got there. And then you can look at Shanahan, you know, with Atlanta and Matt Ryan, you know, when when Matt Ryan was MVP, LaFleur was the quarterback coach there. And obviously Kyle's got a little bit of experience with RG3 when his dad was the coach in Washington. But when we look at when, like, Kyle Shanahan and, and John Lynch went to the 49ers, there was that, I think it was confirmed, don't quote me, but it that John Lynch, hey, he, he shot his shot and he called up Bill Belichick and said, hey, You'd be willing to trade for for Brady? And kind of chuckle, chuckle, but he ended up getting Jimmy G. We we know that. Jimmy G's more of a pocket one. He's got some life. He can scramble around a little bit. But he's he's more of that pocket passer. Then you go to the draft a couple years ago, the Trey Lance draft. There was those stories, reports, rumblings that Shanahan wanted Mac Jones. He actually wanted Mac Jones. Whether that's true or not, and then there was the the other part of it that it was Lynch, maybe some others in the organization wanted Trey Lance, Shanahan wanted Mac Jones, Mac Jones more of the pocket quarterback, but again he can still scramble, he can use his legs, but obviously different than what we've seen from Trey, and we don't have a whole lot to gauge on Trey Lance in that. And now you're seeing it with you know Jimmy G for again most of the season, then Brock Purdy again. Brock Purdy can use his legs, but he's more of a pocket guy. And then we, you know, obviously when a couple years ago with the whole Rodgers thing, the whole like, hey, 49ers, pocket passer Aaron Rodgers. So like what, I, I guess I'm kind of like curious too, like what quarterback would work better within that style of offense? Because like I feel like if we would see, would have seen Trey Lance a little bit more, and I guess I'm kind of comparing it, it might not be fair. Trey Lance and Jordan Love 
in an essence, like maybe similarities between the two. But I wish I would have. We could have seen maybe Trey Lance a little bit more within that Shanahan offense. I guess is what I'm trying to. But I don't know if that'd be 100 percent accurate at that point. But I just, I guess, going back to it, everything like I feel like if Jordan Love is going to be the starter in 2023, we're maybe going to see more of a more of the offense that maybe we expected to see once Lafleur was hired. Because once Lafleur was hired, we were like. Shanahan tree. You know, obviously he was getting to talk because of McVay because he was the offensive coordinator with Sean McVay. He didn't call plays there. Then he went to Tennessee and called plays there. But McVay and Shanahan, um, McVay and Lafleur all grew up under Shanahan, and and Lafleur's got more experience under Shanahan. So that's what we were expecting, right? That type of offense, and I don't think we've gotten it fully yet because it has been that mixture between doing what LaFleur wants to do, adding what Aaron wants to do to it. And you could call it a system quarterback if you want. I feel like sometimes system quarterbacks kind of get um, a negative knock on it. Depending on how you describe a system quarterback, like some people say, well, Tom Brady was a system quarterback. Well, Tom Brady's also got a boatload of championships. So that... I just that's something that I just I it, it keeps going in my mind here a little bit. And call it intrigue, call it curiosity, maybe call it crazy. But that is one thing that that I feel like it would, it would be different. Obviously a lot would be different if Love was the starter, but having him as the as the guy, I feel like this offense would change a little bit, maybe adapt more to that, to what it should have been like or what it should be within the confines of that Shanahan system. You know what I mean? You know what I'm getting at here a little bit? And I don't know if Love's going to be the long-term starter. Maybe it's somebody else. Who knows at this point? And you add the element of, hey, maybe a little bit more of a mobile quarterback. Finally, we saw Aaron at the end of the year kind of rushing a little bit and using his legs there a little bit, but... I mean, let's let's be honest. It's it's clearly obvious his legs are not what they were 12 years ago. And you kind of wonder now, 2023, you look at some of these edge rushers, I mean, they are speedy, big guys, even some of these defensive linemen. You, you might need to be able to extend the plays a little bit more. It, I mean, because there was, and this might be shallow-minded to me, but it seemed like there was a lot of times or, or a few times with Aaron, like, okay, you he, he could have ran for a few yards there, but decided to throw it into a tight coverage, throw it away, or something like that. And sometimes you just need, hey, pick up the positive yards and get those few yards there. Obviously, that would be an element added back to the offense with, with Jordan Love. And I'm not trying to make the case for, I want this guy over this guy. Because I said it yesterday, I understand each aspect of it. I get it for both. I do think some of the arguments why you don't want or why some people don't want Rodgers is not 100%. I mean, the the big one to me that kind of does, you know, it's like, well, he's got $55, $60 million cap. No, he doesn't. That's no. But I get, I, I understand some of the reasoning, some of the arguments of keeping Aaron 
moving on from Aaron, giving it to Jordan Love. You know, maybe you're just like, hey, I think Jordan Love's got it. I want to see this kid. I think he brings some interesting stuff to the table. Brings an athleticism that we haven't had in a few years. I want to give the kid a shot. All right. I could get on. I'd buy that. I'll get on that. Overall, it's all about what's what's going to help you win more games. Because that's all I care about right now. I just want to win. I want to win championships. I want to... I want to get back to the postseason. That's all I care about. I don't, you know, whether it's Love or Rogers at quarterback, whatever. Just I just want wins, W's. That's the only thing that matters to me. Wins, 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 wins. Whether it's game-winning drives by twelve or game-winning drives by ten, or maybe it's some other quarterback. I don't care. So I wins. That's all that matters to me. I can understand both sides. And there's, you know, I would agree to some of the arguments and disagree with some of the arguments from both sides there. But how about this? Let's just play it. Let's just let this play it all out. Let it play out. You know, where so many people are trying to decipher comments that Rodgers is making or others are making and, you know, this, that, and the other thing. Let's just let it play out. We don't need to sit here and, and try to figure out what does he mean by that or you know why is he saying that. Get him. Let's let's not get down that down that path. We we don't need that clickbait stuff. We don't need to do that. Let it play out. See what happens. Go on from there. That's just my thoughts. So I just want to win. That's all I care about. I want to win. I want W's. And I think. If I could change one thing, regardless of it, whoever's at quarterback, I would like to see a more, going back to that offense thing, I want to see more of that Shanahan-style offense. And I don't think we have seen that quite yet on a a full-on scale. I don't think we have seen that yet. Family owned and operated, Toys and Ford is proud to serve the drivers of the Chippewa Valley with some of the most popular vehicles around Wisconsin and the country. They're committed to giving drivers from across the area the best in customer service with a top-notch selection of brand new vehicles to choose from, as well as an extensive inventory of pre-owned crossover SUV and trucks. Plus, with their expert finance, service, and parts centers in-house, they strive to be your one-stop dealership for all of your automotive needs. Visit them today at 1000 Chippewa Crossing Boulevard in Chippewa falls the reviews are in it's the best thing i have ever tasted in my life this is the best thing that's happened in my life even better than my wedding that's what everyone has to say about man cave light the official beer of the dan casper show and the man cave podcast try it for yourself and you will know exactly why people say it's like sipping a little bit of heaven man cave light is available on tap at the bar in high v you can also grab a crawler or six and take some man cave light home with you so go try your new favorite beer man cave light today and you will know exactly why one reviewer said i cry tears of joy every time i have one how you doing man i'm doing good yeah real Stay, good staying busy staying busy um staying good everyone's mm-hmm. half healthy and happy at home so good deal can't complain young ones still doing young ones are doing good yep. life's good awesome Gonna do some fishing this weekend that a boy nice yeah it was it's it get th- cold though yeah i saw that temperature you, you got a shack or a little pop-up do you or? uh i bought a big like family style yeah um 
pop up. Yeah. Saw a big clam last year. So we'll see how that works. Yeah, definitely. Hey, speaking of ice, it was actually, we were talking a little bit off the air, but we had a few people actually text in about, uh, was it Pepin? Was it Pepin Lake? Or yeah, was it, it was okay. Lake Pepin down there. Uh, with uh, some of the cars that, that fell in over there. But the main thing everybody was asking is like, do they have to contact you or, or the or the DNR if their vehicle falls into water? Yeah. So the DNR needs to be contacted if it's like a fully submerged bottom of the lake or river, uh, not going to get it removed that day mm-hmm. issue. So in that in that case, it looks like some trucks fell through. They worked with some tow companies, and I think it was actually the Minnesota Sheriff's Office, Goodhue County. I think it was on the west side of the river. But okay. um, you work with them to get it out. There's nothing you need to report as long as it's removed and stuff like that. The law is if, say, your ATV, snowmobile, ice shack, truck goes through the water, you have 30 days to remove it per state law. Okay. And then we'll work with you to make sure it's not spilling and it's removed, but that's that's about it. That's okay. So you they don't like you're not one of the first ones they have to call or anything. No. It's pretty much tow truck and police. Tow probably. truck, sheriff's apartment, unless you got, you know, an oil tank in the back of your truck that's just leaking oil everywhere, got, or something right. like that or Gotcha. You're in a milk truck and that thing tips over. <laughs> Give us a call for a spill reason. Uh, somebody also asked for for ice fishing. Is there any, and I don't know, this might be kind of an open-ended question, very vague, but they're wondering, is there any, like, restrictions on, like, ice shanties? Because, you know, sometimes we see some people have these big, you know, sure. fancy looking, maybe better than houses uh, yeah, out there. There's some real nice ones there. out there. Is there any type of restrictions? Maybe maybe they're asking, like, on size or what, what anything is on there or anything N- like that? No, it's pretty generally open to whatever you want if you want to bring out a, a tarp and a couple pieces of wood to make a shack you can if you want to bring out the taj mahal of all ice clams <laughs> ice houses bring them out um the most important thing is there are some like removal dates for if you have permanent shacks and stuff and depending on where you're at it could be the first weekend after march it could be the second weekend after march but you just have to have permit shacks removed by a certain time, so in case the ice goes out quick. Mm-hmm. But other than that, you can you can bring out whatever you want. The only um, regulation when it comes to that is all ice shacks, whether it's a permanent or like a pop up. If you're leaving it overnight, or if you're leaving it to go into town for something, you have to mark it with either your DNR customer ID or your name and address. Okay, so, so that they just has have to, to be, be marked. There. Okay, yep, everyone has to. And if you don't. I have a big fat sharpie with me. We'll mark it when I get out there. <laughs> nice, I like that. Uh, so that's good. I didn't, I didn't know that part that you have to. Have yeah, to and the there. the big reason for that is because come every March, there's always one person on almost every lake that mm-hmm. leaves a crappy old shack out there or something like that. And if it's not identified, then we can't call that person to remind them to get it off. And sometimes people do that intentionally, and that's obviously a big litter issue and and mm-hmm. problems. So right. we want them all marked when they're out there. Uh, this one actually kind of came through. Maybe something for uh, football or not football season. I got football in my mind. <laughs> football in the uh, mind, right? Uh, hunting season. Somebody asked, "Can you sight in a rifle on public land?" Generally, yes. So any property you go to, whether it's state public land or county public land or like a VPA land or something, the best thing to do is go onto the internet, type that property in, and just see if they have documentation saying yes you can no you can't mm-hmm. um most state lands and most county forests allow it okay you just have to uh just double check the best thing is always to reach out to them there are like some state natural areas um some state park areas that don't allow target shooting or rifle shooting mm-hmm. so you want to check that but for the most part generally you could go into the county forest 
or stay land and, and target practice and stuff. Gotcha. We just really recommend if you're going to go out there and sight stuff in or you know shoot clays, which I'm not a huge fan of that because it's really hard to pick up all the clay right. pigeons. Is you got to pick everything up, pick up all your brass, pick up everything. Otherwise, it's considered littering, and I get a lot of complaints on that every year. Gotcha. That's a good note there too. Uh, we got uh, looks like uh, somebody J B and E C. Uh, they want to start, and we, we kind of went through this one off the air because it just came in. Uh, trout fishing in our area of Eau Claire and Western Wisconsin. How to start? Kind of an open ended one there. But you mentioned uh, maybe like a mentor uh, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. So trout fishing, you know, it, it can be as simple as you know any other fishing where you just grab a rod and a mm-hmm. and a lure and just go up and down the creek and cast and retrieve. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there's a lot of finesse to trout fishing and different things and. You could be super into it and have all these special flies and lures and and poles and everything, or right. you, you know you could just be like me and walk up and down with a <laughs> with a rooster tail. <laughs> but um, the best thing to do is one read the regulations. Trout fishing has its own regs. It's I'm not I'm not gonna lie. Sometimes it can be a little confusing when you're reading through it all. Mm-hmm. But that's why read through it on the area you want to fish. Make sure you understand what you can use, what you can't use in that stream you're gonna use or something like that. Um, but the best thing to do, and, you know, the DNR does offer some learn-to-fish classes, but really the best thing to do is maybe on Facebook find, like, a local trout fishing Facebook group or something. Okay. And see if someone's willing to offer you some tips, like meet up with them, fish with them, kind of find a mentor like you just mentioned, because those people are going to have the best mm-hmm. info. They're going to be the experienced ones, and, and maybe they can help you get to where you want to be. Because there are some streams or creeks around here for, for trout fishing, right? There's so, there's actually a lot of them. Yeah. There's a lot of them in the Eau Claire, Chippewa area, and kind of this whole Driftless region, southwest mm-hmm. uh, Wisconsin, has a lot of good trout fishing. Yeah. That's something I've wanted to try is fly fishing. I've never tried that. Yeah, I I, uh, I haven't either. It looks pretty complicated. I know. It's like I might get, like, I don't know if I have the patience for that. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, I've learned that you can just take your old pole with, with a small rooster tail or something like that, a small mm-hmm. spinner bait, and you can do pretty decent trout fishing ah, just, just like you would any other type of fishing. Uh, you know, because I remember, uh, I think they still do it, but Metford, when I was there, when I lived there growing up, the Black River kind of went through town yeah. there, yep. and they would they always stocked that with uh, with trout. Yeah, and I remember always just catching little trout all the time, and I thought that was the coolest thing because you know you go to these lakes and at that, you know the lakes around Taylor County there was no trout in there, but yeah. you go downtown Metford and, and cast into the Black there. River, there's a little trout over there. So yeah, there's a lot of little places like that around here, and and some of these creeks, if you take the time to walk up and down them or just walk further than the parking lot, you can mm-hmm. get into some cool fishing and some big brown trout and different things like that. And the the catch and release season is open right now for trout, if, if okay. people weren't familiar with that. A couple of years ago, they instituted this early season trout fishing, catch and release only, artificial baits, um, no live bait, nothing like that, uh, to get people that want to go out there, the diehards, and fish so they can fish. Um but there's a lot of rules with it, so you just got to right. double check. So you got, like, trout stamps uh, on there too, right? Yep, yep. Anytime you go trout fishing, if you're targeting trout or salmon, you have to have a inland, if you're, you know, in Wisconsin, an inland uh, trout and salmon stamp. Um, if you're going to go out on Lake Michigan or Lake Superior and you're targeting them, you need the Great Lakes uh, trout and salmon stamp. If you are just fishing and you randomly catch a trout and that's not your goal, that's not your target, kind of like if you're catfishing and you catch a sturgeon, you don't have to have that trout stamp, but you have to release a fish. If you don't have the stamp, you can't keep it. 
gotcha. but you're not going to get in trouble for you know, unintentionally catching it. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, somebody's texting in about uh, snowmobiling. Uh, they said, I'm not a snowmobiler, so I don't know. So if this sounds stupid, I'm sorry. No, I'm uh, sure it's just fine. Is there any, like, I'm trying to, because I think it might be talk to text. Is there any time frames where people cannot snowmobile? Like, I'm assuming, can they do it 24 hours? Maybe that's what they're yeah. asking. Sort yeah, of thing. So, so as l- yeah, you you can, I mean, technically you could snowmobile in Wisconsin 365 days a year. You could, mm-hmm. if we got a snow a blizzard on July 4th, you could be out <laughs> hey, snowmobiling. Don't, don't, that might happen. Right, so. <laughs> you never know. Um, the main the main things that they might be getting at is, is uh, if the trails aren't open, you can't ride on any of the trail systems. Even if they're groomed, if the trails, let's say in Eau Claire County, are closed because they expect to warm up later in the day or, or some of the other spots of the trail are poor, so they're just closing everything. You mm-hmm. can't ride. Um, there are a lot of exemptions for snowmobiles where you can ride on town roads, like on the shoulder, or you can kind of, you know, quote unquote, ditch bang. You can you can go so far off the highway and stuff like that, but that can only get you so far before you hit a stream or something like that. So, right. most importantly, is if you're going to ride snowmobiles, you can ride them when the trails are open. Stay on the trails. Uh, don't deviate from that. If you're on the trails, you have to have a trail pass as, as well as valid registration and then the only like kind of nighttime rules is that at night you can't drive faster than 55 miles per hour okay because you're out driving your headlights and that's where most people come up over a hill at 70 80 100 miles an hour and right. go right into a tree or into a swamp or something like that um and then generally if uh if you're operating after 10 30 you get close to any other cars or houses you got to be 10 miles an hour on your snowmobile mm-hmm but that's about it. Okay. Otherwise, yeah, 365, go for it. 24 hours a day. 24 you can hours a day. As, you know, as long as the trails are open, if that's what you're riding. And can they uh, can they do that in town? Like, you know, can... I think I asked you this last year. Like, you know, sometimes after a snowstorm, somebody might yeah. run it up and down the street or something like that. So, you know, it's not yeah. on a trail, so... There's an exemption for, like, if you're accessing a trail. Okay. But there's no trails... The closest trails to Eau Claire, like the city here, you got to kind of get down south out of the city or west. Gotcha. Um, pat down eighty five and stuff like that. So if you're riding around in downtown out to Eau Claire, you're probably it's going to be illegal. Mm-hmm. And the big thing to check is if you do want to try to access a trail system from like more of an urban location, just check the city ordinances. All the cities, even like I, you know, up in Elk Mall, and they have an ordinance that allows either this or doesn't allow that. So I know Claire and Altoona would have an ordinance that okay. would tell you. Interesting. Uh, Jake Bokes, our conservation warden, joining us here this morning in studio, answering your questions here. Uh, I got another question kind of popping through here. See, I ask them for them ahead of time, and they come right when you're in here. So, yeah, like, you know, just right on the... No, it's Maybe they don't believe me when I say that you're coming in or something like I might, that. Yeah. yeah, that sort of thing. Might flake out on you. <laughs> is there... He's like, I, I apologize. I could just look this up. But is there any hunting seasons going on right now? There's actually a few. So without getting into everything... In Eau Claire County, archery deer season is still open. Oh, really? Uh, I did goes, not know that. Yeah, okay. it goes all the way through the 31st, which I think is like next Monday or Tuesday. Tuesday, yep. So w- they decided to do a, antler, or a holiday hunt in Eau Claire County, which gives them the opportunity to extend the archery season if they want. Mm-hmm. The CDAC committee decided to do that. So until next Tuesday, you could archery hunt um, buck or doe. You can still fill your tags. Um, and then there's some other ones. Most of the, like, 
the game birds and the big game and stuff are closed, but there still is like the squirrel season's open. Um, coyote seasons, well, that's open year round. There's some trapping seasons still open. Bobcats seasons still open. You still have to have a tag for that, but that's open through the 31st. Um, so there's a few. What I like to tell everyone is if you if you want to get out and, and harvest something, um, if you go to our website and just type in hunting, mm-hmm. there's a page of like. There's just one like PDF page where it's just all the hunting seasons shows all the dates, times for the entire year of 2022, 2023. Look at that, and you might find a species you're like, oh, I'll go harvest some rabbits today, or maybe I'll take my um, bull out one more time, or whatever the case may be. Gotcha. I did not. So this brings up uh, something I just popped up. So you mentioned buck or doe. Maybe some deer are shedding antlers right now. Is yep. it kind of the same rule, like during hunting season, under three inches yep. sort of thing? Yep. So even if uh, even if you harvest what you think is an antlerless deer and, it, and it's a buck, mm-hmm. or it, you know it's it's a you male, could, right? <laughs> uh, if it doesn't have antlers, it's a it's an antlerless deer. So you'd register it as a doe. Okay. You know, I know there's some people in the hunting community that do, don't doesn't like this extended season because you might shoot a deer that you might want to let go thinking it's a doe but it ends up being that buck that was your next year's buck right but that's neither here nor there you know if there's an opportunity to harvest deer and someone wants it go for it Mm -hmm. but um but yeah so the rules with when it comes to harvesting deer um doesn't really matter what the sex is of the animal it's either it has three inch antlers or one three inch antler and it's a buck and it has to be registered accordingly or if it has two antlers or one antler that's or two antlers less than three inches, or no antlers, it's an antlerless deer. Okay. And that's so you register it as an antlerless deer. Yeah, I've never found a shed, but have you found sheds walking around before? I've found a few sheds here yeah, and there. Every but time I go and look, I can't find any. Yeah, you know, a lot of people say the squirrels get to them pretty good and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then just like kind of morale mushroom hunting, I think uh, shed hunting is becoming more and more popular. Yeah. People shed dogs and stuff like that. So because you can see all... the training things now, like yeah. the training antler or something yep. like that. Yep. So. so I think the sheds are out of the woods sooner than they used to be. So you might not get a chance. So since you just saw that, I don't, I'm sure you've seen the videos or for magnet fishing. Yeah. Yep. 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 What if somebody like you know I'll, I'll YouTube it. Like I, I think yeah. that's cool to try. It's interesting. What if somebody finds a gun? What do they got to do? do I'd, know? Call, I'd call, call the, the sheriff's department okay. right away. Yeah. You don't want to be walking around with what might be a stolen gun right. or a gun a used in the commission su- of a crime type thing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I like I feel like I want to try that, but then it's like, what if I do find something Yeah, like what if you find yeah. something weird, you know, you call it, call the sheriff, and right. they'll, you know, if it's something DNR-related, they'll give us a call. If it's something they can handle, if it's something where it's like, it's yours, you know, abandoned right. property, whatever. But yeah, magnet fishing, you know, you don't need any license because it's not a wild animal or anything like that. You can right. do it. The only thing, if you go and do that, just make sure you're doing it in a safe spot and just respect any law enforcement officer that comes up and talks with you. Because mm-hmm. if you go off some bridge here in Eau Claire or Altoona and start throwing line and megans to the water, I can guarantee someone's going to call right. the police department or sheriff's department and be like, uh, this guy's doing something, you know? Right. So it's going to be common for them just to come up and see what you're doing and stuff. And as long as you're being respectful or you're in a place where you're allowed to be to do it mm-hmm. and you're not, you know, disrupting anything, I, technically nothing illegal. About right. it. So you mentioned the, the mushroom one too. Do they need permits? Things no like special that? Okay. licenses. Uh, wild mushrooms aren't regulated by the DNR. However, if you're on state land throughout the state, um, the state doesn't allow anyone to harvest, um, 
like wildflower seeds and certain certain species mm-hmm. um, of vegetation, I guess. So if you're going to go into like a state natural area or state land or anything state related, Google it because every piece of state property has its own page on our DNR website. So you can go on there and it's going to show what you can and can't do and who the contact is for that property. Mm-hmm. So if you have questions, ask, call that contact person. But um, yeah, you can, if you have permission on private property or even state land, you can go out and look for, for morales or whatever, mm-hmm. chicken of the sea or whatever they call that yeah. one, you know. Like I always get nervous, like, you know, when I see people do that, I'm like, obviously they got to know the difference, but you know, I don't know if you watch The Office. Or oh, yeah. The, when Michael's out <laughs> I've there. i a few times. Then Dwight, like, you know, he's yep. like eating mushrooms. And I'm like, that would probably be me if yeah. I tried that Yeah, a I know. Bit, I'm yeah. smart enough to know mushrooms will never be on my survival diet. <laughs> I'd be the first one to put the wrong one in my mouth. I know. That's like, make it one like, day. Man, that would be me trying yeah. something like that. So, uh, so this, we got another question here. I uh, said this happened to me in hunting season uh, during rifle season. I was in my tree, but then somebody put up a tree stand about 20 yards from me and didn't move. Is there any sort of thing like first come, first serve, or is that something I have to kind of work out with that? Yeah, that's unfortunately like a a cultural thing to have to work through or a Mm -hmm. personality thing. So when it comes to hunting, and I assume they're talking about public land, Mm -hmm. uh, because on private land, if if that person doesn't have permission, (laughs) yeah, kick them out or call the sheriff's department. Mm -hmm. Um, On public land, even... If there's, you know, you build a dead stick blind or you, you know, you're north of 64 and you leave your stand or something, technically it's kind of first come first serve and there isn't any restriction on how close someone can hunt with you. So hypothetically, if you're hunting Eau Claire County Forest, somebody, somebody walks up, puts up a climber stand right next to you, you guys could give each other knuckles, you're so close. Obviously that's horrible from a hunting experience, but there's nothing illegal about it unless they're telling you that they're the point of doing it is that they're trying to harass you or harass the hunt so you don't harvest anything mm-hmm. you know there is hunter fisher or like trapping harassment but they have to you know if they say hey i like hunting this spot too it's a good game trail sorry we're both going to hunt it but if he comes up and puts a sand says i'm going to make sure you never shoot a deer sitting here you know that could be considered hunter harassment right um and that goes the same for ice fishing too or fishing in general with a boat or with uh, a nice shack is that if you got your shack set up and someone comes one foot away from you and drops their permanent or wants Mm -hmm. to fish right there legally there's nothing now are there is there going to be an exchange of words and probably some issues with that yeah mm-hmm. but legally i can't come out there and say hey move your shack 20 feet right. away or something that's i see that a lot of people like they'll go on facebook or whatever and be like you know i drilled a hole here and then you know somebody shows up drills one night you know yeah the whole lake and they drill it 10 feet away from yeah. me or something like that but. yeah so pr- that's pretty common and like especially like hot fishing holes in the summer on the rivers like you're mm-hmm. You could walk from boat to boat to boat, and in some places they know that's the norm, so it's okay. In other places, people are like, "You got the whole lake, and you come sit right here." Legally, there's nothing. Now, some other states might have some other rules, like I know Minnesota has a rule for how close your ice shacks can be and stuff like that. But in Wisconsin, it's kind of you know public land and public water is public area, and mm-hmm. anyone can go anywhere, even one foot away from each other. All right. Uh, we got a couple more if you got, uh, I got, got, time. got some time here yet. So speaking of uh, ice fishing here, I think we might have touched on this a couple weeks ago, but maybe a good refresher here. Somebody said, I'm coming up, I'm 
going to be doing an ice fishing tournament. Is there any special rules when it comes to uh, ice fishing tournaments, or is it straight up same DNR rules with with regulations? Yes, yeah, straight up same DNR regulations. Um, the individual tournament might have some special rules, like you know, catch and release, or mm-hmm. bring it up, or we don't want you to keep a fish unless it's this big, or or whatever it may be, but. Um, the only rules that come with ice fishing tournaments is who's ever organizing it and depending on how many people show up and if they have prizes and stuff like that, it has to be permitted. Okay. Um, but other than that, yeah, it's just follow the same DNR rules. So like if you're doing an ice fishing tournament on Lake Altoona, um, and you're fishing for a walleye category, the walleye regulations are the sea to territory, which is three fish, three walleyes, uh, 15 to 20 inches you can keep them 20 to 24 you have to release them and you can keep one over 24 that is the same every day of the year whether you're in a tournament or not okay the big thing for tournaments and i know we kind of talked about it a few weeks ago but if you're going to go register a fish um or do whatever you got to go buy a ticket and you're only going to be gone five ten minutes you still got to reel in your your uh tip-ups oh yeah i see it really common and you know we obviously use discretion but if you're gonna fall asleep in the middle of the night if you're gonna go take a fish if you got to go to the bathroom just reel your tip-ups up even if you reel them up and you keep the minnow or the line right you know one inch in the water because right. you want to save your sucker that's fine if you show us that your thing's right there but if we come back and you know your sucker's 20 feet in the water mm-hmm you know, there's nothing, or you're, you know, we open the door and there's no one there, but your rattle reels are still down. I mean, it's an, it's an unattended line. Right. Uh, I'm glad you brought up tip-ups because that was actually our next question, so it transitions nicely in there. I, I know think, what I'm doing. <laughs> exactly. I, you might have, this might have been a similar question. I think, I, for some reason, I remember something like this, but they're asking, does a tip-up line count as a regular fishing line? So, yes. the three on there. Okay. Yeah. So, the rule, I, you know, I can't quote it verbatim, but the, the law in Wisconsin is you're allowed up to three baits hooks or lures okay so it's not necessarily like three lines but that's what we all call it you know it's Mm -hmm. slang technically but it's three hooks baits or lures um and a tip up counts just like uh if you had a jig and pole in your hand um which counts just like if you had a rattle reel or a jack jaw or a whatever kind of fishing uh implement or device you have every time you have something in the down um, and you're trying to catch a fish, it's going to count towards the line. Okay. So that does count as is yep. it three? So you get three yep. three in Wisconsin. So if you get, um, so if you put one tip up down, obviously you can put two more tip ups down, or you can jig with two poles, or put a tip up down, whatever you want to do. So right. they all count towards a line. The main thing to, to watch for that is, and this is more common on river systems, but I've seen people where they'll, they'll put a hook at the bottom of their line, and then like every three feet, they tie another hook. Yeah. So that's why the law is isn't per line; it's per hook, bait, or lure. So if you have gotcha. if you have a line with a hook every let's say two feet, and you have three hooks on there, that's your three hook limit right there. You're fishing with one line, but you have your three hooks, and you're gotcha. so say you put three fishing poles out with three hooks like that per line. Now you're at nine line. You're three hundred times over the limit, or whatever that math is. Right. And you're in violation. But treble hook obviously doesn't. Treble hook yeah. is is one hook, just like yep. like a rapala. Yep. That's going to be considered a bait. Okay. Um, the different hooks on each side of it aren't going to count as separate count ones. As like ones, it's yeah. one piece of a bait. Gotcha. That's good though. I didn't know. I didn't realize. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. People, when you think about it. Yeah. yeah. Kind of playing around with that system there. 
yep. tricksters. There's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of little trickster things you can do, but that's why we get paid to figure it <laughs> yeah, out. Right? Exactly. And there was I think it was last week when you mentioned uh, the uh, the the guy with the scuba like fishing underwater. Yeah, yeah. We actually had a texter uh, works at Zocco, and he says one of his clients does that up north. Yeah, it yeah. has videos, and he said he's watched. Uh, some of those videos, he's like, it's insane. Yeah, Something it's interesting. I'd love to watch one of those. Yeah, like, there's a lot of cool things that people do um, that isn't of the norm when it comes to hunting, fishing, and trapping. And, you know, as long as it fits within our regulations, I say mm-hmm. go for it and enjoy the resources however you want, you know. Just make sure it fits within our yeah. laws. Uh, and I, I just, one popped up in my head because uh, I just saw an article about it the other day. Uh, since we're talking about, like, recording, is there any restrictions, like recording your own hunt like if you go in a tree saying you know you got those stuff that yeah. you can put on a bow and i i saw an article like i think it was a youtube show a couple got fined thousands of dollars because i think they might have gotten deer without tagging it or something sure. like that but is there any restrictions like having that camera on your bow or having sure. a gopro or anything like that in wisconsin there isn't any restrictions on like hunting or documenting your hunt um the only thing i can think of when it comes to like uh trail cameras and different things is if you're like a big time antler hunter or you know trophy hunter um there are some like boone and crockett or different uh organizations that don't allow they don't they won't count your deer if you try to register with them and you use a game camera trail camera or like a like a reconix that's sending you live stuff okay they won't let you document it because i think maybe i don't know the reason but i assume it's part of like the fair chase and stuff like that gotcha where they just want you to be a hunter that goes out there and tra- you know hunts okay them. um so there's nothing in wisconsin that says you can't have a camera you can't document your hunt stuff like that mm-hmm. but if you're you know if it ends up taping a public area and you're getting people doing other stuff you know maybe ask right. them for consent or stuff like that but right um you're allowed you're in a public space and or private and you're allowed to do it okay um i know cameras aren't allowed during sturgeon spearing over in um or isn't going to be allowed there's no lights allowed in sturgeon spearing over on the lake winnebago area okay um i think they're gonna work on limiting cameras but right now it's just no lights no artificial lights so if you use a camera over there make sure you tape up the lights and stuff like that on the cameras gotcha yeah and uh you know no thermal stuff for hunting too i was when you said that yeah that, yeah like, there's you there's, see that i see people like you go to like a magazine it's like hey you got a thermal camera here and i'm like yeah 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 be thermal cool, cameras but... and, and different things there's there's rules on it you know there's a lot of coyote hunters that um, talk about infrared camera or uh scopes and different things like that and we have a law that talks about how you know if it's collecting light and different things it's illegal but if you are wondering on that you just have to call your local warden and talk with the gear Mm -hmm. you're using and and have them talk with you about the regulations because some stuff fits in our regulations and it's legal and other stuff doesn't and that's the same with like air rifles and different kinds of these new new guns and bows and stuff come out sometimes they're legal per the regulations um, but a lot of time they're not can uh, somebody just text? I promise this will be the last. Oh, one. you're fine. I got all day. <laughs> uh, they said since you just mentioned uh, thermal, can people use that for tracking a deer? The thermal like camera sort of thing for tracking. Yeah, it, that's another like I don't want to say gray area because I don't like using. Is it kind of like term. that droid camera? But it's sort like of the thing? drone thing. Yeah, it's just drone, kinda, yeah. yeah, it's just kind of like um, 
the best thing to do is is just do it old old school where yep. you're using your eyes and a in a flashlight or you're following the blood or you get a dog and you have no weapons with you. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have questions on using drones and thermal and this and that, because it all depends on if the deer is alive and all this kind of stuff. So that's where someone could be doing something that might feel like the right thing and and maybe it is but the second you spook the deer and you're like oh it's alive and now you're using a drone or thermal or this or that you're in violation and it's just not a great place to be so just call your local warren and have that discussion with them because we're more than happy to try to help find the answer and Mm -hmm. either say yeah what you're doing is good or modify it this way and you'll be fine or something like that. i've been seeing a lot of people now on facebook too with their dogs kind of like offering that service yeah tracking and yeah and that's a great service like those Mm -hmm. dogs are i mean their dogs are used for so many things in this society it's awesome um the main thing with that and if they have dogs they know it there's some leash requirements and Mm -hmm. and you can't have any firearms or, or weapons with you and stuff and whatnot but those guys they know the regulations they know what they're doing right so good stuff jk i i know i kept you for over half an hour nah, here, we're but, good. Uh, it's fun it goes it. quick yeah, it does those good like, questions today crap. yeah a lot of them a lot of good ones kind of all over the place but that's that's the best one there too so. oh yeah for sure any deadlines that you know off the top of your head coming up here that's uh for tag wise or anything but nothing crazy i think um i was looking at it earlier i think like the elk tag is the next one but that's not till okay. may okay um for next fall other than that right now we're in that kind of time period where there are some open like small game seasons and deer those will all be closing typically by the end of february and then a lot of the fishing seasons like walleye northern stuff like that closes right at the beginning of may i believe or is it no let's see no march excuse me so you know the end of february beginning of march that's when most of our stuff's going to be closed down the march april may that time frame is where most stuff is closed besides turkey hunting and then once the beginning of may comes fishing season opens boating's typically starting to get going so that's when it gets busy again so just watch those season dates for closures coming up here in february and the beginning of march good tip there too and then i'm assuming like the leftover turkey tags will be coming up in a yep. couple months too yeah so. those will be coming up i think it's usually like the third week in march where they do yeah. all the bonus stuff and and those have been popular lately i know i got my third pick which is just like any season in zone four or whatever okay. so i know i didn't get any of my top picks either so yeah and i know I, some other guys that didn't get it for the second year in a row so there must be a lot of people putting in must be because i think uh got the calendar up i think i got it the april 18th 19th through 23rd somewhere around there that yeah because i just like i gotta do it before the nfl draft that's yeah. that's what i had to do <laughs> right. so i got it the week before that so nice yeah there I'm you hoping. go Look usually i always got them in may so i was you know it's really warm and all yeah. that stuff no that's good i'm hoping fingers crossed man this is the so, year yeah i know i got one two years ago by pure accident yeah just because I, oh, I was i was done i was like I, you know i spooked one out but then I saw one, and I'm like, I'm just gonna practice calling. Sure. Like, and all of a sudden, it just answered, and it started coming. Like, really? Here we that's go. fun. The bet. That's like I was hooked at that instant. It's it's that's good. Sometimes it can be hard to call them in, depending on the season, stuff yeah, like that. Because I didn't know if I was doing it too much or yeah. you know not enough. But that guy that's came. Fun. That's he was awesome. he was excited. So and that's like that. Just to see like that because I've never been able to call a deer in. Well, one <laughs> time I did, but you know to hear a response and see it working in that. Yeah. That's, Actually, you know. You, you know you brought that turkey and you yeah, yeah that's fun stuff it's not very common i'm not a good caller i yeah. usually get a, another warden to come call for me because he knows <laughs> what he's doing i just kind of sit there and hope they come walking by yeah it's like it was the first time i've that was actually i think the second time i've ever gone turkey hunting too so oh, really? it was just and nobody taught me so i'm just kind of like figuring it out yeah youtubing it and all that and well, clearly you must know what you're so. doing a little bit i don't know about that it might just <laughs> 
Rock at that point. <laughs> All right, Jake, appreciate it, man. Uh, be safe out there, and let's uh, catch up again next week, okay? Yeah, yeah, thanks for having me. Always a good time. That's going to do it for us on this episode of the Man Cave Podcast, again, brought to you by our good friends from Hy-Vee and Toys and Ford. And again, another quick reminder, if you're not subscribing or following the podcast on your favorite podcasting platform, do it. It's that simple, okay? It doesn't cost you anything. And uh, if you got some time, give it a five-star review or five-star rating and give us a positive review. I'm Dan Casper. Till next time, we'll chat with you again soon.